Hi everyone, welcome to That Niku Mum, a podcast where we share the stories of New Zealand families who have had a baby in a neonatal unit across the country. Today we talk to Kelsey, whose daughter Blake was born at 32 weeks and 5 days, um, out of the blue, after they had a bit of a struggle with fertility to fall pregnant, um, and they still don't really know why she came as early as she did, she was just ready to come. Um, but she only spent three weeks in NICU and she had no health issues, no breathing support, nothing after birth. It was literally just feeding and growing, which is amazing for a 32-weeker. So um, I'll let Kelsey tell you their story, um, how her birth was obviously not what she wanted. Um, yeah. Yeah. She was so lovely to talk to. Blake is super freaking cute. And yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay. Do you just want to start off um, introducing yourself and your family and your daughter? Yep. So in my family, there is my husband, Jono, um, our firstborn child, which is our dog, George. <laughs> and he was the baby of the family. He's not too impressed at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and our daughter Blake and so Blake was born at 32 weeks and five days yes do you want to just talk about your pregnancy with her like um was there anything unexpected did you kind of have any ideas that you were going to have her early yeah so it took us quite a while to conceive Blake we were on a bit of a journey for two years mm-hmm. and it felt like the longest two years in the entire world but <laughs> once we kind of got her in my belly it was great we did some fertility treatment I was very lucky to have been approached by a study called the fix study um, which mm-hmm. was through fertility associates and I just got an email one day and I literally thought it was a scam because it just sounded too good to be true. And so yeah. they said that I was eligible and would I like to join? Um, it meant that we were able to access our um, publicly funded treatment two years early because mm-hmm. we had just been approved for that. But the two years, we were never going to wait the two years anyway because it was just yeah. such a long time. We just wanted to get the ball kind of rolling um and then we got that email and then so maybe like a month and a half later we started our treatment and with the fix study you are either in uh IVF pool or you're in a IUI pool and they draw you out and at the start I kind of wanted to be in the IVF pool because I thought that would be the quickest route to getting Blake um but then it worked out that we were in the IUI pool which actually worked out better because you got four rounds um and then you still got your IVF after if that didn't work. Yeah. But we were successful yeah. on round two. So amazing. We yeah, we were really lucky. So it was actually this time last year that we were Wow. In yeah, in the blood test place on Father's Day. Um after oh, snaps. What so a like, twist of like Father's twist Day. of the knife, eh? Yeah. Yeah, crazy. So when I um, took the pregnancy test, I was like in full disbelief. Wow, <laughs> that's worked. so exciting! I took, I took seven tests just to be just to yeah, be sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I guess because I felt like we had waited so long, it just felt like forever. And I, I know there's people out there that have waited even longer, which I just couldn't even imagine. Mm. Um, I think I just really wanted it to work and I was a little bit like a bit anxious that something might happen and then at week five I started spotting Mm. and I was just terrified that that was it it was going to be over um and it continued on so I spotted from week five to week nine and every time I went to the bathroom I was really scared that it was going to eventuate into more I had constant blood tests um went in for a scan the same day that I started spotting but because I was only five weeks pregnant they couldn't actually see anything yeah (laughs) Um, yeah. so that was a little bit scary as well like it was just a bit early I think if I had gone in a week later it would be okay um so 
that was just a bit scary. But once I kind of got past the spotting and I just kind of had to have a positive mindset, like this is going to work, it's going to be mm. okay. My husband was great at supporting me with that because mm. it was scary. Um, yeah. And then from there, it was it was relatively okay. I was pretty sick. I spewed every single day until week <laughs> 17. <laughs> that was very similar to me. I was week 16. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's yeah. hard, isn't it, when Hor- you just spew every day? Horrendous. Yeah. Absolutely horrendous. Yes. And it's, it's like the feeling of this, is this going to end? And then yes. also, like, on the other hand, I was like, okay, this is good, because then I know that the baby's okay if I'm sick. And then yeah. when it did end, I was like, is she okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was thankful that it was over. I still felt yeah. pretty sick every day, but not spewing. So that's Without great. the spewing. <laughs> yeah (laughs) yeah and then pretty much from there it was pretty quick well very quick actually because then we had her at 32 weeks um in five days so i just had my baby shower literally the week before Mm -hmm. i was very grateful to have had that because that was just something that i was really looking forward to throughout my entire pregnancy and kind of what i had dreamed of ever since getting pregnant and did you, on the journey. Did you know you were having a girl? Yes. So we did the NIP test. Oh, yeah. I I just yeah. kind of wanted to know that she was healthy and that there was nothing wrong. And I'm also a very impatient person. And I yeah. just needed to know if she was a boy or a girl so I could start <laughs> the nursery straight away. So we found out. Yes. Like we did the NIP test bang on 10 weeks, I think. And then we got the test results back. On my husband's birthday which was so nice and i was i really thought we were going to have a boy like i was just dead set i was like it's going to be a boy even though i yeah. really wanted a girl um i think yeah. i just told myself that just in case <laughs> yeah yeah and then when um we got the phone call she said girl and i was just in complete shock it's like oh my gosh i just can't <laughs> believe it like are you sure like have we got this wrong <laughs> <laughs> but turns out she was a girl <laughs> <laughs> Definitely still a girl. I remember at um, my birth with Angus, my third, because obviously I had two boys before, he like came out and I said to my midwife, is he still a boy? Like, is it definitely still a boy? I think I would have been so upset if it turned out he was a girl because I'd like set my mind on him being a boy. Yes, just the the shock. I can't imagine people that actually happens to. It would just be crazy. I know. Planning all this stuff, buying all these clothes, setting up the nursery, and then it being the yeah. complete opposite. Anyway, so you had your baby shower. Yeah. And, and then, then what happened? And then so a week later, it was Easter, and I was listening to your podcast with Hannah from Barrymore. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was listening to her story and hers happened on Easter Sunday as well. And that's when we, all my waters broke. Um, really? Like, oh, maybe it's, maybe it's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, her her so, yeah. was just before 32 weeks. So oh, really? how crazy would it have been if you were like the same gestation and everything? I know, right? Crazy. Um, so yeah, we had been at the beach at the Mount um, and we decided to come home. I think we were going to stay and then we're like, oh, we'll come home um, and spend some time because we don't take our dog over there. We'll spend some time with our yeah. dog. Um, and then we went to the movies that on the Saturday night, got home, went to bed, and then I just got up to go to the bathroom and I heard this popping sound when I sat on the toilet and I was like, that's a very strange sound and I was like surely not like nah it just can't be it can't be like it's all weird it's just my imagination must be still half asleep or something (laughs) and then got back into bed and it felt like I was peeing myself but I definitely wasn't peeing myself I was like okay okay oh no like what's going on so I got (laughs) up went back to the bathroom got a spare change of clothes which at the time like what was that going to achieve? Because it was just going to like, <laughs> keep coming. I just went through so many sets of clothes. <laughs> and then so got changed, went back to bed and I just woke my husband up and I was like, darling, something weird has happened. And 
he was so calm. Like I was expecting like, oh my God, what's going on? He just said to me, he was like, it's okay. Like, what do we need to do? Do we need to call Lara? That was my midwife. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I think we do. Um, I'm not sure. And then I just went into a state of like shock and yeah. almost like, um, yeah, just disbelief. So then I just completely started shaking and I didn't stop shaking for a couple of hours. Like the drive to the hospital was quite scary um, just because I yeah. didn't know what was going to happen and because it was so early, like, was she going to be okay? Had you had um, any discussions any- with your midwife about like what happened if your water did break early or if you went into labor early? Had that been brought up at all? No, we hadn't even got to, well, we kind of had got to what my birth plan would be. I had been manifesting, like I had gone around Waterford, taken pictures of each room. Mm -hmm. We had talked about which birth suite was the best one because I love my midwife so much. She was like, Mm -hmm. let's manifest it. We'll take a picture of the birth suite. That's where you want to be. Put it on your phone. And then I was going to print out the pictures and put them on the fridge. And maybe it'll happen because I didn't get the pictures on the fridge. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So we had talked about that. And that was what I had really been really wanting and because I really just wanted to be at Waterford and it was just such a beautiful place that for me hospitals I've never really spent any time in hospitals so they just kind of seem a bit scary um Mm. and a bit too just medical and that's just not really what I wanted actually the complete opposite of what I wanted but I knew that I had to be kind of open to something went wrong that Mm. I would end up at the hospital um, so you were completely in the dark down. pretty much about what you were going to be, what was going to be happening when your waters broke. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Completely in the dark. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, I had no idea what to expect when we got to the hospital, like where we would go. Um, my midwife just said, come to labor and delivery and I'll meet you there. So I was very thankful mm-hmm. because I didn't realize that if you're before 34 weeks your midwife doesn't actually have to be at the hospital with you yeah so I was very grateful for her she's like a family member now like she's in our um group chats I meet her for coffee all the time she works out of um the chiropractor's office so she's very much yeah. someone who will be in our lives forever and we'll have all our That's babies so cool. with her it's so cool yeah she's so lovely um so she, it was really special and just comforting to have her meet us there because yeah. I was so scared. It was like just another familiar face in the room yeah. with my husband. Yeah. And then once we got there, they just kind of like kicked into, okay, so we need the steroid injection. We need to get bloods. We need to test your waters to make sure that it is mm. your waters. Mm. Um, all these tests at like, 3am in the morning which was Mm. I was still shaking at that point I just didn't know what to do really but my husband did they try and give you the medication to like had you had it so I'll go back had you had any cramping or um contractions starting or anything I had pains up my back but I didn't realize that that was contractions and so when they put the belts on me they could see that there was some stuff going on yep did they and try and give you the medicine to try and stop labor? No, they didn't. Oh, we're just letting that happen. Which I found it, yeah, which I found interesting. So I'm not mm. sure if it was because I was 32. At that stage, I was 32, three. It didn't actually mm-hmm. happen straight away. Um, but yeah, they never offered that to me. They just gave me mm. the steroid injection and said, here you go. And then sent me up to the ward. So. Yeah. I guess maybe they had maybe seen something that I hadn't seen or I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe you weren't like laboring enough. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they told me I wasn't. They told me that because then so for the next two days I spent in hospital and it was very like mixed messages about when I could go home. Someone said, you're going to stay in here till 37 weeks. Someone said, you're going to be in here for 12 to 15 days. And then yeah. on the day that I actually went into labor, someone said, you're going home tomorrow. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and they even That's all she needed. Like, all she yeah. needed was to be told that, no, no, it's time to go home. And she's like, I think not. 
Yes, and I, they even gave me my induction date. So they said, because your waters are broken, you can't go past 37 weeks. So you're going to come yeah. back on the 11th of May and you'll have this baby then. So in my head, I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to go home. I'm going to, because um, I hadn't nested yet. Like I was just dying yeah. to nest because I'm a school teacher. <laughs> so it was just the beginning of the school holidays. I had yeah. two days of school holidays. <laughs> So I just hadn't even got into anything. So I was just dying to like clean my house to like absolute perfection, have everything yeah. sorted and cleaned out and ready to go. And I didn't get any of that done, which was quite heartbreaking to me. So I was yeah. excited. I was like, cool, I'm going to go home. They said, you won't be on bed rest. You can still mm-hmm. do light things. Like you can go for a walk or whatever, but you can't work. So because it had yeah. been school holidays, I only had... I think it was like seven days left of work or something, not anything ridiculous. So I kind of prepared, uh, it wasn't too much of like a hassle for my work to organize somebody else. They had already got the person who's like one of my really good friends to actually cover me as soon as I left. Yeah. So they just started a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking, great, I've got a month at home. And then, yeah, like you say, she was like, uh-uh. No sister, you are just you're I'm coming now and you have no option. <laughs> so then literally on the Monday and Sunday night, I hadn't really had too many contractions and because I didn't know what a contraction felt like. Yeah. The nurses and the midwives were coming in telling me that I wasn't in labor. Yeah. Um and that if I could sleep through, I can't remember the medication they gave me. It was, I want to say codeine, but maybe codeine wasn't the right one. Um, they said if I could sleep through the contractions or the tightenings that I was having, then I was in active labor. So I was like, okay, great. Yeah. I did get some sleep. Um, but they were still hurting a bit. Yeah. I was thinking at the time, like, if this isn't labor, like, what the heck is this going to feel like? Because some of these really hurt to the point where I wanted to spew <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. then on the Tuesday afternoon, my mum had come to sit with me and my husband was there. And I just all of a sudden just started to feel strange. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't sit down. I couldn't stand up. I wasn't really sure mm-hmm. what to do with myself. So I said to the midwife on duty, could you please hook me back up to the machine? I just don't feel right. I can't sit down. Mm. Can't, I can't do anything. And she was like, yep, that's cool. So I got back in bed and they put the belts around me and they just monitored me for about 20 minutes. And she said, um, nothing's happening. I was like, oh, okay. And then while she was there, I had a really big contraction and it made my daughter's heart rate drop quite low. So mm. she was like, let's get the doctor just to check this just because it's gone quite low and I just want to make sure Mm. she's okay. So I was like, yep, cool. Sounds great to me. Then the doctor came in and said, has anyone checked to see if you're dilated or not? And I said, no, no one's checked me this entire time. She was (laughs) like, let's just do that just in case. And I was like, okay, cool. And then she said, it's quite uncomfortable. So would you like some gas? And I I was like, yep, that sounds great because I don't want to be uncomfortable, even though I'm pretty much in labor. And then as I had that contraction, the midwife said to me, I, from these um, readings that I'm seeing, you're not in active labor. Like, this isn't yeah. enough to say you're in active labor. So I was like, I, when I thought the doctor was going to check me, I thought she was going to say you're zero centimeters dilated and you're definitely going home tomorrow. And mm. then so they put me on the gas. And it was so funny because I've never had anything like that before. Um, They gave it to me and I said to them, I was like, it feels like I'm on drugs. And they both looked at me and they were like, you are on drugs. And I was just like, (laughs) oh my gosh, silly, of course I am. (laughs) I hated the gas. It made me feel so spacey. And yeah, with my second birth, I said, I don't want it. It's that, it's epidural, it's nothing, I don't want it. (laughs) That's funny. I actually said to my husband when we got to hospital, um, I said to him, because I really wanted that water for birth, and I was like, I'm prepared to do that naturally, have gas or just nothing, because I really wanted to Mm. be there. But when I realised that I was going to have a hospital hospital birth, 
um, I said to him, if I say I want an epidural, please advocate for me that I want the yeah. epidural. So as they said, like, you're six centimetres dilated. And then I was like, oh, my gosh. And then she also said, I can see her head and there's hair. Oh, my gosh. At that stage, I was like, oh, my God, she has hair. Because when I (laughs) was a baby, I was bald till I was two. So I just had imagined (laughs) this baby coming out with no hair. (laughs) So I was just so excited about that. And then the shock took over, like, oh, my God, they can see her head. Like, this is Yeah, yeah. And then he said to the um, doctor, he was like, darling, darling, what's that thing you wanted? The, the, like, the epidural. I was like, yes, I want the epidural. (laughs) And of course, like they were never going to give that to me because I was six centimetres and we were going down to labour and delivery right then and there. Yeah. Um, but I just thought it was so sweet that he was like, oh, I've got to ask for that thing. That's right. I've got one job. <laughs> yeah. And he did it. So that was great. And then because we'd been in hospital for like three days, we just had so much stuff. Like I just thought I was yeah. going to be there for four plus weeks. So we had just stuff everywhere and they said that we had to clear out the room before we could go down to labor and delivery so my poor husband don't have enough going on (laughs) yeah I'm sitting in the wheelchair with the gas like on drugs basically (laughs) with these really sharp pains and he's like trying to pack up everything like in the bathroom next to the bed running around like crazy calling people being like mom you need to get here and then my mom and then my midwife it was just a bit of a wild time and because it had happened so quickly, like this happened yeah, yeah. when I, when I got the midwife to check me, it was three o'clock in the afternoon and this was five o'clock. Like it was all wow. just very sudden and quick. Yeah. I thought I was going home tomorrow and then all of a sudden I'm going down to labor and delivery. Yeah. So then we wheel wheeled down there. And then I just remember going down in those, the elevator and then going through the corridors and like these sharp pains. And I think because they told me that I was in labor, in my mind, everything just ramped up so quickly and everything mm. hurt so much more because I was told that I was in labor. Whereas before I had been told I wasn't in labor. So I was just kind of like in this yeah. right away mindset. Whereas yeah. now it was actually happening. So then when we got down there very quickly, um, I said to the nurse, my midwife hadn't quite got there yet. Um, I don't think it was all such a blur, but I said to them, I was like, I need to push. I was like, I can feel her head. It's right there. And they said to me, can you please not? (laughs) They were like, we don't have the room set up. I'm like, I can't stop this. Why do they always say that? It's almost like, don't push. And you're like, I, like, I have literally no control over this. I know and like I could feel her head it was right there like she was coming she wasn't waiting any longer so I think because she was early as well they wanted to get the room completely set up and then the room just kind of filled with all these people and doctors and nurses and just Mm. a lot of people in a room and I just in my mind had imagined that it was going to be my husband my midwife and me and then I had my mum in Jono's mum, that's my husband, um, with me. I didn't imagine yeah. to have a whole room full of people just staring no. at me. Yeah. Um, so it was completely not what I imagined at all. Had they given you and, uh, more steroids? Yes. Yeah, so they had given that to me 24 hours after my first one. So it was like 2 a.m. on the Monday morning. Yeah. So you'd had the yeah. full the full set yeah which made me feel better and like throughout yeah. my couple of days when I was in hospital my midwife came to check on me each day and just kind of hung out with me because I think she knew yeah. I feel like she knew that it was going to happen but she didn't want to tell me or didn't yeah. want to like she just knew. break you out um yeah and because when I was having the contract little contractions on those couple of days more of my waters were leaking and so she was Mm. there when I had a tightening contraction and she felt my belly and she was like that's definitely a contraction Mm. and then I was like and then the water keeps gushing up so I I literally lived in an adult nappy for those three days it's actually it's amazing how much there is eh (laughs) 
like it just never stops and you're like how is there still more coming I know it was crazy oh yeah it was it blew my mind because then I was worried that she wouldn't have any more but no she did yeah so what was your obviously your birth was not going how you wanted it to you were in a hospital not the birthing center but how was your birth despite it not being what you wanted it was actually so great like I look back on my birth and I wouldn't change a thing I think it was just the best situation that it could be it was pretty straightforward like for being early I Mm. I can't even remember how long I pushed for it felt like it was over in about five minutes it was probably about half an hour to an hour um Mm. and I had no idea how to push. Like I had no idea that you needed to put your chin down and like really push. I just had no idea because all of that stuff, like I wanted to do your birth project, um, birthing course and all of that. So I was just very like, I was winging it basically. (laughs) And then my midwife was telling me what to do in the moment. And it was Mm. all just very, okay, this is what you do. And then, so I pushed and then the lovely doctor, I can't remember his name, but he might have been a doctor or surgeon. He was helping. So he was like, had the pillow on one side and my husband had a pillow on the other side. And they were like pushing me up because I was on my back and they were pushing me up as I was pushing to help, which Mm. was really good. And then she came out and it ended up being that she was posterior. Mm-hmm. and she was transverse so her mm-hmm. head was quite tilted so then yeah. I had a second degree tear which I didn't realize until afterwards I guess mm-hmm. you're just so loved up on having a baby and you kind of forget all the pain that I had no yeah idea. yeah I had a second and degree then... tear with the twins it was because Bo my twin B flew out so quickly oh really yeah. Oh wow, Luca, kind of Luca came out. out. He was like 45 minutes of pushing and then it was 9 minutes later Bo came out and he literally just like flew out. So I got a oh, tear wow. from him. And then with my singleton with Angus, oh. I had a third degree tear because his fat head was so big. Oh no. <laughs> the actual thing that I said to my husband when I gave birth to Blake was the first thing I said was, I cannot imagine giving birth to a nine pound baby. Like four and a Honestly. half was hard enough. Yeah. So I it have does, no idea. Although, what for. to be honest, it didn't feel that much different, but it was like a lot quicker pushing, pushing him, if that makes sense, because oh, there's like more of him. So it didn't take as much to like get him down and out, right. if that makes okay. sense. That's good. That gives me hope for the next one yes yes <laughs> plus your body kind of knows what to do no yes and even know how to push like you need to put your yes. hands down um so when she came out I was just in my head I thought that she would be whisked whisked away straight away I wouldn't get my skin to skin and that's what I had really looked forward to my whole pregnancy mm. I just like I had this book and I wrote down little notes and I read it to her every day and I just really wished for that um, skin to skin. So actually when she came up, they put her straight on my chest, which I was just so, so happy about. Yeah. Um, and then they did the little check and they put her back on my chest because when she came Yay. up, she didn't need any heart breathing. The only thing that she needed was she just needed to grow. So yeah. that was a great feeling. So she was on my chest while I was trying to get the placenta out. Yeah. Which just could not come out. Like it was just such a mission. And I had pushed Mm. the baby out that I thought getting the placenta out would just be easy, (laughs) but it was not. (laughs) And they kind of said to me, maybe it's because you're um, preterm that the placenta just is not ready to come. And so I had, (laughs) I had this lovely nurse who I feel like was Scottish or one of like a European kind of nurse. And she had me in the bathroom. Now, then they took Blake away. John, I went with Blake up to Naku. And then they had me in the bathroom and they gave me a tub and they had me on the toilet trying to like push the 
school centre out on the toilet and that wasn't working. So then they had me on the rails, you know, in like a um, disabled bathroom, they have the rails on the wall to help hold on. So then they had me squatting in the bathroom, (laughs) holding on to the rails, trying to get out this placenta. And I was like, it's just not working. Like, it's really not working. Um, And because during my labor, I had also lost a lot of blood. And so while Mm. I was actually on the bed trying to get the placenta out, as I was pushing, there was just more blood coming out everywhere. They were picking it up on tissues and they were taking it past me and they were putting it on the scales to weigh how much blood that I had lost, which was like horrific watching them pick up blood and take it past Mm. me. It was disgusting Mm. and I'm really scared of blood and needles and all that. Mm. So that wasn't very fun. And actually, when my husband cut the umbilical cord, um, my midwife was then holding on to it and she accidentally let it go. And so mm. it went flying back up inside me. And oh they my couldn't God. get it out. So it was a bit of an ordeal. So that was inside me as well. So the placenta yeah. and the umbilical cord. <gasps> so then they said to me, you have to go to surgery. Yeah. So off I went for an epidural. Finally got my epidural, but (laughs) (laughs) which I had no idea what to expect for that as well. And because I'm just so terrified of needles, I was really scared of that big thing going in my back and I was kind of still in shock. I just remember sitting on the edge of the bed, just like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And I was so thirsty. Like, I don't know if it's a thing, but I was just so thirsty that they were like, I felt like I was going to die because I was just so thirsty. And then they just worked away at the placenta for what felt like hours. And then mm. when they did get the placenta, it didn't break away in one piece. So then she was like mm. back up there trying to get the rest of it. And then she couldn't quite get it all. So then another person came and then that was another room that was just full of people again. Yeah, just yeah. For the procedure, I guess they have to have so many people in there, mm. which was an interesting experience in itself. But I was just so lucky because my lovely midwife, she was like, do you want me to come to surgery with you? Because my mm. husband couldn't be there. So he said, oh, she said that she'd come and she just held my arm and I cuddled into her arm the whole time because I was like, I'm really scared of having surgery. I've only had it mm. once because I had endosurgery. I was like, I really just, I'm a bit scared. She was like, I'll come. Mm -hmm. So she just chatted. We chatted about her finding a cleaner who had just quit a couple of days before or something. And she just made it really nice as well. So between the anaesthetist and my midwife, it was just an okay experience from what it could be. And then we got taken to recovery. And I had so much water. Like, I swear I had like... (laughs) two litres of water in about five minutes because I was still dying. I was like, I just need the water. <laughs> and then, and then did, you, me... did you get to go and meet Blake that day? Yeah, well, that was the thing. So this all happened. I gave birth at 6.32. Then they said to my husband, this surgery is going to take 15 minutes. So he was like, oh, great, 15 minutes. I'll come back from NICU. And it was like an hour. So he's standing in the mm. hot corridor like, has she died? Like, what is going on? Yeah, he was really scared yeah. that something had happened because they had said 15 yeah. minutes. And I'm not sure why they said 15 minutes because I swear it takes 15 minutes just to get the needle in your back. Like, to do it takes the a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he was panicking. So then when he finally got to recovery, I said to the nurse, I was like, I really, can I please go and see my daughter Blake? And they were like, no, actually, because you've had your epidural, you can't walk and we can't get you into a wheelchair. So you can't go and see her until tomorrow. Mm. And I just immediately broke down and I was like inconsolable. My husband was just like looking at me and like, oh my God, are you okay? And I guess the emotions of having a baby had also kept in and I was just, I couldn't Mm. even really breathe. I was like, I just need to go and see her. I haven't seen her in... I think by this time it was about 10.30, so like four hours I hadn't seen her. Yeah. And then a lovely nurse just looked at me and she goes, no, this 
the lovely lady has just had her baby. We need to take her to see her baby. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen is we're going to wheel you in your bed and we'll wheel you through NICU and we'll go and see your baby. And I was just like, oh, my Yay. God, thank God. That was the best feeling. Yeah. And then so they took me to see her in nursery too, which was just so lovely. Again, they gave me a lot of time with her. I felt bad. I was like, should she be back in her incubator? Like, I didn't even know what the whole yeah, protocol yeah. was. Hadn't been there when she kind of arrived. So I wasn't sure yeah. what the go was. But I got to hold her for probably another 20 minutes. Amazing. The best. Yeah. And then I went to the ward. And then it's just so crazy because you go through all this and then I ate dinner and we went to sleep. And then mm. in the morning, I really enjoyed the debrief with my husband about mm. what the heck had gone on last night like <laughs> just <the laughs> chats of this happened and then this happened and then sharing yeah. photos and stuff like that's one of my favorite parts about the whole experience is the debrief in the morning <laughs> yeah yeah but also like it's kind of like mind-blowing right like you wake up and all of a sudden you're not pregnant and your belly is like squishy but your baby's also not there <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, as was it a dream? Like, did that actually yeah. happen? Like, what is going on? And then I had, because of the epidural, the um, things on my legs that went yeah. all night. And then I had the blood um, pressure thing on my arm going all night. So it was just yeah. a very crazy experience. And then because I was just determined, I was like, I need to get myself to Nipu to see Blake. Like I need to get myself in a wheelchair. So a, a yeah. lovely nurse came to see me at about 5 a.m. She was like, yeah. do you want to try stand? I was like, absolutely. I need a stand. <laughs> I need to get it. <laughs> yeah. And then about two hours later, they said to me, you need to have some bloods done and then you'll be able to go up to NICU. So a nurse, oh, and then you have to like pee in a jug yes. a certain amount. <laughs> Isn't that just yes. so gross? And then, yeah, so we had to do that. And then they said, you can go and have a shower. So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I really want a shower. And then I'll go and see Blake. And then I think I was just trying to push myself so much to get to know yeah. that I didn't really slow down. And so mm-hmm. when I got to the shower, um, I all of a sudden just went white and I fainted in the shower. With, I hadn't oh quite gosh. got undressed yet, but I fainted. The nurse and my husband were there and before that my husband was like are you okay and I was like yep 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 like trying to put on a brave face because I just needed to get to NICU and then fainted and I woke up and I was sitting on the seat and then I just looked around the room and because then the nurse had pushed the emergency button Mm. and then all of these doctors like that shower room was just full of people Mm. and I woke up and I just looked around at people and then I'd fainted again <laughs> which was not a great time at all but it was because I'd lost so much blood so I'd lost yeah a liter and a half of blood wow. which they said was quite a lot and that yeah. I was being tested to see if I needed a blood transfusion because yeah I was very much on the edge of that which I really didn't want because then I knew I'd have to be hooked up to a monitor mm. and machine for a couple of hours and I just needed to get to NICU yeah so then all of that happened and then I finally got to go up and then in between then my midwife came and she said you'll never guess what's happened and I was like oh what's happened she's like Blake's already been moved to nursery seven she's already wow. in nursery two for overnight and she's doing so well that she's now in nursery seven and at the time I had no idea what that meant but I was like yay yeah. exciting yeah so Obviously, you were in Waikato, so anyone that hasn't been to Waikato Niku, it there's Nursery 1 to Nursery 7, and Nursery 1 is, like, high risk, and Nursery 7 is low risk. Although, weirdly, Nursery 6 is the go-home nursery. Oh, interesting. Yeah. We didn't go to Nursery 6 at all. No, neither did we. <laughs> um. So, yeah, then we got to go and to meet well not meet her but see her again which was just so lovely because it had felt like a dream and then to see her there was just kind of a wild experience because it was my baby but she wasn't with me and she was in a machine and then I had all those emotions of feeling 
like overwhelmed and I just wanted to cry the entire time that I saw her Mm. and then leaving her Mm. to go back down to the ward was just so hard to me like I just I didn't want to leave her I just wanted to stay with her the whole time yeah so I was just a mess basically and every time I saw her for um but she didn't have any issues no oxygen no 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 oxygen no nothing just a feeding tube to me let's get like breastfeeding as soon as possible she's like we know that she's very capable so we started breastfeeding pretty much straight away yeah pretty much that day I think actually um which was just so exciting to me because she was this little baby and I just had the dream of breastfeeding her so for that to all be able to happen with her being so young was just incredible yeah um and at the start we were actually able to latch without a nipple shield which was amazing and Mm -hmm. then someone handed me a nipple shield and that just I wish I had been a little bit more educated in what a nipple Mm -hmm. shield was and the complications of that because Mm -hmm. Blake's now almost five months and we still are on the nipple shield (laughs) Oh, and like we just cannot get off it. It's just the worst. Eh? I hated them so much. Yes, they slide around. You've like yeah. when you're feeding in public, you've got to be like, oh, just got to get the nipple shield out, yep. put it on, like discreetly. And obviously, she's um, at an age now where she's probably like touching everything while she's feeding. Yep, she rips it off. Does she pull them <laughs> off? Yeah. Yep. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, if you want to rip it off, let's try without it, but we just can't. So yeah. Um, I actually, a couple of weeks ago, had a lactation consultant come around because I'm like, I'm just so sick of this nipple shield. I need it gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's really helped us, but then found that Blake has a tongue tie. Mm. So we got that sorted, but actually since the tongue tie surgery, it's actually been even worse and I can't get her oh, latch no. without it. Like she has a complete meltdown. And like, even if yeah. I get the wrong size nipple shield, she completely melts down. So at that stage in Nicker, I really wish that I had just kind of pursued it without it, but that's fine. It's, it's our journey. It's okay. I'll just yeah. never use one for the next baby if I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. I am fully informed now. <laughs> and then, so yeah, we breastfed from 33 weeks until we left, which was amazing but That's the so whole cool. NICO experience is such a wild ride isn't it it's very much mm. until you're in it you have no idea what people are going through 100 percent, yeah um how um, long how long were you in the unit for with her we were actually so lucky we were only there for 20 days that's amazing yeah so Blake actually came home at 35 weeks that is so cool. Did I know, she, so they, once you once you started breastfeeding, how long did it take for them to get rid of their tube? So they wouldn't take that out basically until we left. They were mm. like, we need to leave it in for as long as possible, just in case anything happens and she can't feed. So I think the day before we left, the feeding tube came up. Um, <laughs> that was a whole experience in itself because they I don't know if anyone else has had this experience but we were told so much different information depending on which NICU nurse you had they would say you're going to be here until full term you're going to be here until 37 weeks you're going to be here it was just so random like I just had no idea my head was scrambled because I'm like I just want to take this baby home when am I going to take her home they keep saying to me things like you know babies don't follow the book you know like they'll they'll come home when they're ready blah 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 but then the next day they'd be like babies don't go home until 38 weeks and i'm like but you mm. just said that it doesn't it's so follow confusing. A book. Yeah, so, it's confusing. so confusing and then at one point i was kind of like you know what if i need to bottle feed like to get us home like I'll do that so I said to yeah. the lactation consultant up there who was very by the book and very breast is best you won't be able to, like you are not allowed to bottle feed like basically was it the, the was, older lady yes it was yes 
I have mm. experience with her too. Yes, she made me cry a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt like I didn't even have a voice. And at this point, my midwife had actually gone on holiday for a week. So her mm. lovely backup midwife was with me, which I love her as well. She was so great. But this lactation consultant very much took over and said, you're not going home until 40 weeks. And mm. I was like, oh, this is just so disheartening. And mm. then um, it was actually one of a newer NICU nurse. I can't remember her name, which is so frustrating because she was just, everything that she said to me was so accurate. She said, mm-hmm. don't be alarmed, but I really feel like you're going to get the shoulder tap that you're going to be rooming in very soon. And that was like a day mm-hmm. before it happened. So I had said to my husband, like, darling, I think Blake might get to come home soon. And he was like, no, yeah. all these people keep saying different things. Like she's not yeah. going to come home until she's 40 weeks. Like we've got six yeah. weeks to go or whatever it was. And then sure enough, the next day, um, someone, one of the um, directors came and tapped me on the shoulder. And I think at this stage they had started running out of room in the coup as well. Yeah. So they were kind of like, which baby is the most capable of going home, basically, which is just yeah. crazy that that's a whole process in itself. Um, mm, yeah. And they actually sent us up. They said, you're still going to be under the NICU care, but you're actually going to go up to ward, I think it was like E5 or something. Um, mm-hmm. And you're going to mother in with Blake up there and I was like oh my god this is so great like I get to stay with my baby like this is going to be amazing and once I got up there it was the complete opposite of what I thought like the nurses up there weren't it wasn't the little baby ward it was the older children's ward and they just placed me there because that's all they had room for so yeah I got there and they asked me like they basically asked me how to look after Blake they said how much like does she need to eat like the milk how long do I warm it for how how do I do this how do I do that and I was just like oh my god I didn't feel very safe up there yeah and then Blake actually ripped her feeding tube out two times mm-hmm. <laughs> and while we were up there and one time the nurse came in and she tried to get it back into Blake's up Blake's nose and she tried about four times in a row, which is just so horrific for Blake. Like mm. she was screaming, like I was crying because mm. she was crying. Her eyes were watering. It was like so horrific. And this mm. nurse had come back with, she was about to leave her shift, which is really lovely that she came back, but she had her sunglasses on. She mm. was trying to get this, like she was holding Blake down, shoving it up and it just wasn't working. Um, and at that point I was like, I'm actually a little bit scared to be here. I was like, I want to go back to yeah. Niku. <laughs> so yeah. On the next day, and I said, "Can we please have a meeting? Because I just don't feel supported. Can I have like a nurse come and check on us while we're up there?" And they said, "Well, we can't actually send our nurses up there; they have to stay here." Yeah. So then the director said to me, "Well, we can put you in a um, rooming in room, but that yeah. doesn't mean you're going home. We're just going to place you here. You'll be with Blake." And then we'll probably put her back into um, nursery seven on Monday. Right. Not Saturday. So I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I really don't want to be separated. Like now I've been with her. I don't want to not be yeah, with her. Yeah. That's a real and ring around, eh? Like why are they so back and forth about that? I know. I know, right? And then so we went to the Runian room and then I think they just realized that Blake was actually doing really well and we breastfed or they said I had to breastfeed for 24 hours straight or something. So then mm. I was a little bit scared of like, oh no, what if she misses a feed and like I can't yeah. feed her for yeah. long enough. <laughs> so then yeah. it created this little bit of anxiety of like, I've really got to nail this because if I miss one, then we're right back to the beginning of the 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they started the weigh-in process where they weighed them. You would have gone through it where they weigh them every day. And then Blake mm-hmm. on the first night lost weight. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. no, like, this is the worst case scenario. And they prepared me yeah. for that. They said, most babies lose weight. But I was like, I'm going to be the, the one that just doesn't lose weight. But actually, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we did that. 
the first night and in the second night, this must have been the Sunday night, um, I got, she got weighed on the Monday morning and she put on like 60 grams. Wow. Which was amazing. They said, yeah. this is amazing. And then next thing, I didn't even have the doctor come and tell me. I just had some lady come around and say, you're going home today. You're taking your baby home today. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this is the best news in the world. Oh my yeah. goodness. And my husband, I'm like, Blake's coming home. I'm like, you need to come and like bring everything and take everything. Yeah. Then again, we had packed for like, they prepared me to be there for so long. Because <laughs> they yeah. had a lot of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, all of a sudden we're signing papers to take our baby home and the car seat was there and she was coming home at 35 weeks, Yay, which was just wild. Amazing. It was such a cool experience. And like, I felt really grateful that the entire time that Blake was in NICU, she wasn't, like, I never was worried about getting a phone call when I wasn't there. I mm. knew that she was going to be okay. Like, it was just, she was had done so well that yeah. she was just, just there to feed, basically. But so you found I your really, whole NICU experience quite positive? Yeah, I did, which seems a bit crazy because NICU in itself is very much a whole whirlwind and I know people just mm. from being in the pumping room which I think I said gives me like total PTSD <laughs> of hearing the sound of a pumping machine those freaking yellow pumps yes and then everyone just kind of sitting around not really speaking um <laughs> but pumping and just washing your pump and then going back oh, just the whole thing like I remember just walking into the room each day and listening out being like okay someone's in here because I can hear the pump yeah. machine going and being like okay here we go and it was always kind of exciting if you couldn't hear the machine going because it meant you yes, yourself. It <laughs> yeah so I like even when I came home just the sound of the pump machine just really got me <laughs> like I don't want to yeah. do it anymore and then that mm -hmm. lactation consultant actually had said to me, while I was rooming in, you need to feed Blake and then you need to pump straight after. And then you have to go and clean your pumping machine and sanitize it. So by the time I was doing all of that and then feeding her again, I was getting about 30 minutes sleep between mm -hmm. the whole process, which just yeah. didn't sound right to me. I was like, how is one meant to actually look after themselves and get rest when you've got to do all yeah. this stuff? And the, uh, the but also when you're when you're rooming in, the way I took it was I'm going to act like how I act at home, and at home I stopped pumping, so I was like I'm not going to pump while I'm here because I, I would never do that at home. That's what I thought too, and then sorry because. The lactation consultant had me pumping so much. I then became an oversupplier. So I had so yeah. much milk when I left NICU that I actually donated six full trays, you know, in the fridge. Yes. Of, um, I had six full trays of milk in there that <laughs> I was like, my freezer at home is already full. Like we literally cannot even fit one more thing in there because it's literally both all drawers are filled with milk. My husband's like, how are we going to eat? I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> We're going to have milk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And so um, I said, like, I can't take this milk home. Can I please donate it to Niku? Or I don't even know. Yeah. And then they sent me for bloods and stuff. But yeah, six full trays because this maybe that was her plan all along was that I'm going to get it <laughs> over the flat, fill the fridge up, and then we'll have lots of milk to give out. Um, so. I just became an oversupplier and now I'm like at the other end where I'm like an undersupplier because of the whole nipple uh, thing and then I didn't yeah. want to pump when I was home because I just had yeah yeah oh so that was an interesting experience it's so hard to find a middle ground day eh? it really is but there was another lactation consultant up there who you probably came across as well I can't remember her name but she was the younger one she was brilliant I, love I loved her yes she was amazing. Yeah. Her information was great. So yes. I appreciated her. She was on the day that we left and the other lactation yeah. consultant wasn't. And I was quite grateful for that because she gave us good information. <laughs> so did anyone talk to you about why she came early? 
or potentially why she came early? Nah, they just had no idea. They just basically said she was ready to come. Mm. I'm like, okay, all right. Just there was nothing that so could explain. If you have subsequent pregnancies, they'll just keep an eye on you, I assume? I think so. Yeah, I said to my midwife, I was like, I really don't want another preterm baby. Like, is there anything that we could do and put in place so that this doesn't happen again? And she said there is. So yeah, I, I really hope so because... I couldn't imagine yeah, even doing that with the baby at home. There's the um, the preterm clinic that you go to um, while you're pregnant. I I declined going because I had preterm babies because they were twins. But I have a couple of friends who I met in NICU who have had term babies since. So they just went through the preterm clinic and they like check your cervix and just measure the baby and make sure just they like keep an eye on you. Um, and then once they're confident, they discharge you until like 36 weeks or something, because obviously 36 weeks is safe. Oh, wow. Okay, that's good to know, because, yeah, that's something yeah. that does play on my mind a little bit. Because mm. I just really felt for the parents up there that also had children at home, and they were trying yeah. to juggle the toddlers at home or the children, and yeah. then have their yeah. baby who they wanted to be with throughout the day. Like, that just broke my heart. Quite yeah, a lot there. I would say. All the, all the people that had been in hospital, like in NICU, for we talked to one girl who had been there since 26 weeks and had just spent her 100th day in NICU and had no I end in sight. Yeah. And she wasn't even from Hamilton, so she was from Gisborne. Yeah. And so she oh hadn't been God. home in 100 days. I just, my heart really, really like broke for her and she just. Yeah. You could tell she was very sad about it. Mm, yeah, it's so hard, eh? And, like, as well, I know our twins were very much the same as Blake, or one of them was, just seeing these other babies there that were actually quite unwell mm. compared to my baby who just needed to grow was quite hard as well because I was just like, I could imagine being the other parent just, <laughs> like, watching my baby enviously, like, why could that not be us? Yeah, you know. and seeing the parents come and go and the new babies come and go, but you're still there. Yeah. And yeah, even just walking through those doors and walking down the corridor and just looking into those first nurseries just mm. was such a sad situation to see. It was yeah. just heartbreaking. Yeah, the know. dark rooms, the the loud beeps, this everything, yes. everything is the whole thing about just the whole room is just sad. Well, I'm so glad that you only had not even three weeks in NICU and that Blake is healthy and happy. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, I must say, yeah. having a, a, um, a very prim baby coming home and then being very sleepy and very much like you could just put her on the couch in a little pod <sighs> and she would just go to sleep. To yeah. then waking up, I very clearly remember the day, me and my husband, where she just woke up to the world and we were like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> was like, it close to her due date? <laughs> uh, a little bit before, maybe like <laughs> three weeks before. And we were like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> we couldn't get her to sleep. Then she had to go into a dark room. It was very much yeah. like we could not eat dinner while she was on the couch because she was yeah, just yeah. not having a bar of that. It was just a bit crazy. All of a sudden. Yes, like when all they of switched, a sudden, just one day. They, like, just switch into the full-term baby mode. Yeah. Yeah. And she also was getting very overstimulated just by being in our house because she, I guess, yeah. her eyes before that hadn't been able to see anything. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she's like, wow, there's things around the house that I can look at, lights and stuff. Yeah. And she would get overstimulated so quickly. Yeah. We'd be like, oh, she's got her crazy eyes on. We've got to get her to bed. <laughs> trials and tribulations of NICU babies. Eh? You've got to hit that real fine balance between NICU <laughs> and home. Yeah, definitely. But so All great right, to well, have them home. It's such a great feeling, isn't it? Yes, it really is. There's nothing better than it finally being able to bring your baby home and having people meet them. Yes. All right. Well, it was so lovely talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, just ignore the baby.
absolutely just throwing his toys around in the background. He woke up just as I was about to film this, um, record this outro. But that was Kelsey and Blake's story. Um, as I say, they were so lucky they had um, a really uneventful NICU's day and a, a really positive experience by a few little blips. But yeah, it was so lovely to speak to Kelsey. She is an amazing mum to Blake, um, who is just so freaking cute. Um, and hopefully they don't have the same experiences again. Um, yeah, so I hope you enjoyed listening and we will chat soon. Bye.